Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Do you have a wet basement? You've got a problem. Not only are you inviting toxic mold, a flooded foundation can raise serious structural issues. But here's the good news. Jackhammers and backhoes and other drastic measures are probably not in your future if you read our tips for sealing your basement. Hit moneybit.com, click on Ideas and Tips, then click Repair and Improve. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair question, give us a call right now, 888-MONEYPIT. Coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us now with your home improvement question. Call us now with your do-it-yourself dilemma. It is the dog days of summer. So we know that maybe you don't feel like getting outside, but why don't we talk about some inside projects that you can do? Unless your outside project maybe is one that can keep you cooler, we could talk about that too. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. The website is moneypit.com. All right, we've got a great show for you all this hour. First up, you know, they're probably the most used appliances in your kitchen, but depending on how you use them, you could really hurt yourself. Uh, am I pushing the uh, wrong button on my coffee maker or something? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tom, in your case, the most used appliance might actually be the coffee maker. Or the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> well, both, because you're reheating your morning coffee. <laughs> but no, long. we're talking about your cooking appliances. All right. We're going to tell you how to whip up a design plan for your kitchen that's going to eliminate bending down to reach an oven or reaching across some deep front burners to reach the ones in the back, all to alleviate stress and strain on your back, your body, everything. And if the air conditioning in your house has been running overtime lately, like ours, you're of course not alone. They don't call these the dog days of summer for nothing. This hour, we're going to have some tips on making sure that you're not overworking your already hardworking air conditioning system. We'll tell you how to make sure it's working properly so it can cool your house and keep the bills down at the same time. All right, and also ahead, getting ready to help some uh, loved ones in your home pack up for college? Well, we're going to tell you the must-have fix-it items for the dorm room in just a little bit. I got a great story for that. All right, let me hear it. Toothpaste. Toothpaste makes a great spackle. Oh, <laughs> it's so true. 
<laughs> you know, it's like you're never supposed to hang anything on the walls. And of course, the first thing when you walk in, you're like tube of toothpaste, hammer, and nails. All well, set. there was a dartboard incident, and, and and don't ask me why, but my friends used to throw the dartboards into the textured ceiling, and that was kind of hard to patch. But we found <laughs> we found the toothpaste worked well there. <laughs> and it does sort of give the little tip like a spackle would. It does. As well. It does. It work well. And if all this cleaning is going to make a big stinking mess in your house, no problem. We got you covered there too because this hour we're giving away a vacuum, the Eureka Capture Plus vacuum. It's a complete cleaning machine from floor to ceiling with dusting attachments. Going to go out to one caller to today's program at one eight eight eight. Money Pit, 888-666-3974. And you must have a home improvement question and be willing to come on the air and ask that question to qualify for this great prize. There's going to go to one caller named Chosen at random from the Money Pit hard hat. Leslie, who's first? Boing, 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 boing. That is what's going on to <laughs> Stephanie's floor in Utah. Are you bouncing everywhere? Are the kids jumping up and down? What's going on? Yes, whenever the dogs run through the house, the kitchen island goes uh, shaking because the floor is so bouncy. (laughs) Hey, Stephanie, how old is your house? My house was built in 1989. Okay, and the kinds of floor joists that you have... Is it uh, a solid floor joist? Is it a truss joist? Is it one? Is it? Do they look like plywood I beams? They're I beams. I beams, and they're twenty-four on center. How did I know that? I, I knew exactly what was happening when you said the floor was bouncing. Yeah, when you use those plywood um, beams, those the, what happens is they have more flex than a standard floor joist, uh, and so they do bounce a lot. Um, they're not weak in terms of a structural issue, but but man, the uh, the china shore rattles around when that happens. And I'm not so sure that there's an easy way to fix this. There's a couple of things I've seen done. They've put uh, bridging on that attaches to the bottom of the floor joist all the way across. Um, I've always also seen folks construct um, what kind of looks like a girder in the middle of that span so that you're shortening the the length of the floor joist from, uh, you know, whatever they are to half of what that is. Uh, The girder wouldn't necessarily have to have any sort of footing because it's really just there to take the flex out as they bounce. Um, But the last thing I would check is to make sure that none of those beams have been cut improperly because one common error that we see with, especially with HVAC contractors, heating and air conditioning contractors, is they'll cut out part of the web, either the bottom web or the top web when they're running duct work. But assuming that that's not happened, that flex is unfortunately fairly normal for that type of floor system. Okay, wonderful. I'll, uh, I'll take a look into those options. All right, Stephanie, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. She can also look into acrobatic tricks for the dogs to do. <laughs> They've already got that extra bounce. Yeah, built-in trampoline. <laughs> Woo, well, it has been one hot summer, and Keith in Virginia listening in on WJFK doesn't have a very nice air conditioning situation. Tell us about it. What's going on? Yeah, air conditioning... It's very cool in the basement. It's okay on the first level and hot on the second level, so it's not reaching the second level. Now, you have central air conditioning? Uh, yes, I do. Is the uh, furnace and air conditioning unit in the basement? Yes. So you're trying to push that air up two stories? Yes. Sir. All right, that's part of the problem. Um, do you have supply and return ducts in each room, or is there a centralized return duct? Uh, centralized. Okay, that's another part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think there's only one. The problem here is, Keith, is that you're not moving enough air upstairs. And the, the way to solve that is to improve the, is put additional ducts in. But a more practical thing would probably be to put in a second zone upstairs and allow that unit to only co- cool the first floor. 
and put a second zone upstairs. That's going to give you the best balanced, most balanced air conditioning system. It's very common when you have your uh, furnace and air conditioning unit located in the basement that it's very hard to push up that air two stories and get the second floor to cool nearly as well as the first. Because I've taped vents and everything trying to, I've actually closed the vents in the basement and yeah, the you may floor. just be pushing the system as far as it's going to go and this may not be big enough to give you the BTUs that you need in cooling power to do that. Oh, you think so? And oh, the best okay. way to do that is to put a second zone in on the second floor. Second zoning? Uh, second zone on the second floor, yeah. Second set of air conditioning equipment. You'd have an air handler instead of the furnace because you wouldn't need the heat. You'd have an air handler probably located in the attic and then you'd have a second compressor outside. Oh, I and you drop some ducts through the ceiling of the second floor, and that would make it super comfortable. Tom, okay. what would be the more cost-effective decision, adding in that whole second zone or upgrading the compressor unit for the first system to a larger unit to accommodate more? Um, that, that wouldn't buy anything. You could it have more cooling power, but you don't have enough airflow. This is, a, this is a, a game of airflow. If you don't have enough airflow, enough cooling air going out and enough return air coming back, it's not going to cool the second floor. So that's why you're better off putting in a second zone upstairs where you can really move a lot of air across the coil, and that will actually cool it and make it much more comfortable for you, Keith. Okay. Why don't you get this system serviced by an HVAC contractor, talk about your problems and see if they have any solutions, because there may be some adjustments to the duct system that will be less expensive than putting in a second zone that could fix this as well. Okay. All right. Well, great. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Keith. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Hey, Money Pit fans, just a few more weekends left in summer, and we can help you make the most with those home improvement available weekends. Just call in your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Okay, in your mom's day, the stove and oven basically came in one design. Bad. It was a bad design. <laughs> but now you don't have to settle for bending and stretching and reaching when you're prepping your culinary masterpiece. We're going to help you cook up a design plan that's easy and fun to use next. I want to keep my home for as long as I can because there are a lot of memories here. I read a little bit about making my house more comfortable and wanted to make my mom's house safer too. AARP told me about making mom's bedroom door wider and taping down her floor rugs. And I added handrails to our staircases. It was all simple and inexpensive thanks to AARP's tips. Now our homes fit our lifestyles and are ready for years to come. To bring comfort, safety, and a future to any home, visit us online at aarp.org slash home design. Dad, can you make sure there are no monsters under my bed? Anything for you, princess. Don't forget the dust mites in my pillow. Uh, and the pollen, spores, and bacteria in the air. Uh, I'll cast a magic spell to make them disappear. Dad, this isn't a fairy tale. We need an April Air High Efficiency Air Cleaner to trap up to 99% of the harmful particles from our air. There's even an April Air Electronic Air Cleaner that traps viruses. Protect your family from bacteria, viruses, and other airborne impurities with an April Air High Efficiency Air Cleaner. April Air, the best in indoor air comforts. Somewhere, a guy is tossing his golf clubs into the water. But you, you'd rather build, say, a burled maple coffee table. RYOBI Woodworking Tools lets you do it. RYOBI gives you the power and precision you need to succeed at prices that help you get going. Of course, there's still some equipment involved, but it's power tools. And you don't have to wear those funny clothes to use them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. RYOBI, exclusively at the Home Depot. That's just beautiful. We're all looking for ways to get more mileage from a gallon of gas. 
I'm Energy Secretary Sam Bodman with steps you can take to save money by getting the most out of every gallon of gas that you buy. First, keeping your car tuned and in proper working condition can improve gas mileage by up to 40%. Replacing your air filter and keeping tires properly inflated improves fuel efficiency. When you can, avoid idling your car. Running your engine when you're not moving wastes gas and money. Obey the speed limit. Speeding reduces fuel mileage by up to 23%. Your gas mileage decreases rapidly once you get above 60 miles an hour. You have the power to make a difference. By taking these steps, you can save money and help our nation reduce its energy use. For more tips on saving money at the gas pump, please visit our website at www.energy.gov or call toll-free 1-877-337-3463. This powerful savings message is provided by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Alliance to Save Energy. is proud to sponsor The Money Pit. Visit www.aarp.org slash home design to learn more about making your home more functional and comfortable for years to come. Reach out and touch the experts because this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show where work and fun meet. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we're the experts. So call us now with your home improvement <laughs> question at one eight 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 money pit One caller we talked to today is going to win a $169 vacuum from Eureka, the Capture Plus. This machine will reach more dirt on more surfaces than your average vacuum. It's got a powerful HEPA filter. It's also got a dusting wand that can be electrostatically charged to grab dust from hard-to-reach places. And the Power Paw, it's an attachment that cleans both horizontally and vertically. So there'll be no excuse for having a dusty, dirty money pit if you win this prize today. Call <laughs> us right now, one eight 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 money pit You must be willing to come on the air and ask your home improvement question. Yeah, and you know, the cool tools really do make doing a chore fun, even if it's a vacuum, which I find one of the more soothing household chores to tackle. All right, well, speaking of household chores, cooking. And back in your mom and your grandma's day, the stove and the oven, it was basically one item they came attached but you don't have to settle for your mom's kitchen anymore as long as you're renovating you want to think about mounting your oven in the wall so you don't have to bend or stretch to reach things you can even choose an oven with a door that swings open from the side like a microwave this is going to allow you to get closer when you're taking foods in and out and you won't have to lean across a hot door to check your cake or baste the turkey it really helps make things a lot safer Now, for your cooktop, you want to install it on an island, if at all possible. Then you'll be able to reach it from both sides. You know, a few design changes like this will help you cook up comfort and fun and safety along with those meals. If you want more great kitchen design tips, visit the website for AARP at aarp.org slash home design. That's aarp.org slash home design. Or pick up the phone right now and give us a call. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Leslie, who's next? Lisa in New York tunes into the Money Pit on WABC, and you've got a mold question. What can we do to help? Yes, I have. Um, I've had water damage in my basement due to heavy rains over, I would say, twice over the last year, and we have just installed new carpet with padding, and um, it the, the the carpet got really soaked. I mean, it didn't come above the carpet, but the water got into the carpet both times. We dried it out with humidifiers and you know, uh, watch Ryback, and I'm just very concerned. I have little children who play down there as a playroom, and I'm very concerned about the possibility of there being mold 
beneath the carpet and behind the walls. Well, there certainly is a, a risk of that, and I have to tell you, Lisa, we if you had called us before you did this, we would, we would never, no. ever... Yeah, you don't recommend carpet. I know neither did my contractor, but we did it... You know what, we put but in French drains. you did it anyway. <laughs> we thought if we put in French drains, we won't have water in the basement. Yeah. So after we put in the French drains, we felt secure enough to put in the carpet... And we still had water twice. Let's assume that best case scenario here, you, your basement never flooded. You're calling us because it flooded and it got damp. I got news for you. Even if it didn't flood, but it was just because it's a basement, it's damp and it's moist all the time, mm -hmm. the carpet will still grow mold. It will still attract dust mites. It's still unhealthy for kids. So if your basement flooded and you got carpet damage, I think this is a great opportunity for you to pull that carpet out and put down a flooring there that's really meant for a basement. Use mm -hmm. a laminate floor. Use engineered hardwoods. If you want to use something, if you want to use carpet, put throw rugs on top of that, but don't put in wall-to-wall -wall carpet in the basement. It's just not a good idea. Now, secondly, let's talk about the fact that you got French drains and you're still having a flooding problem, and you mentioned that it's happening consistent with rainfall. We need to get you outside looking at your gutter system and your grading because that's what's causing this. You've got too much water collecting at the foundation perimeter. You want to make sure that all of your gutters, that number one, that you have enough, that you have enough downspouts supplying those gutters and that the downspouts are free flowing and that they're depositing the water at least three to six feet away from the house. You don't want them dropping off the water right next to the foundation. Right. If you've got I gutters, that, yeah. yeah, clean them. And the truth is, to be honest, this year we weren't so good about having the gutters clean. And mm -hmm. now you know so what happened. maybe this year we were <laughs> But you know what? You'd they're be coming surprised. tomorrow. But oh, good. Yes. We, we, yeah, that's probably one of the problems. If the, if you're saying if the gutters are, are clogged, we're more likely to get water accumulating. Oh, absolutely. Because as the... As all of the rainwater drains off of your roof and pours down into those gutters, if the gutters are full, they're going to hit that full area and just splash out. So it's not really going anywhere. Listen, Lisa, Leslie had this very same problem. She it's bought a, a house that, that had that had <laughs> carpet. She didn't put it in. It was there to begin with. She never and pulled I loved it out. It, Lisa. She liked it. She never pulled it out. But but what was it? One gutter got misdirected on your house and it We flooded. had one yeah, downspout that went into a pipe that directed it down the front yard and out to the street. And that whole pipe and downspout was clogged. We had no idea. You know, we were cleaning everything. We thought we were doing okay, but we never snaked to that downspout and you've got to do that and something got clogged up and let me tell you it was like the exact opposite corner of our home we had such a flood in the exact opposite corner from that clogged downspout that I came home that night to squishy wet basement floor and just went at it with a blade and pulled up everything and the next day I went and bought laminate flooring and in your situation, Lisa, that you've got water that that you've got you've got gutters that are obviously clogged that has to be the problem so mm -hmm. th this may very well be the entire problem. Right, is that probably gutter system. is a problem, but now this, you're saying just to pull up the carpet. I would, I would recommend it. Put it there for the kids to play. It's nice, you know, it's more comfortable. I know, and I know you love the carpet. But you could probably file an insurance claim if it flooded because of a storm. Call your homeowner's insurance company. You could probably get this paid for. Get the carpet paid for, uh huh? Sure, call mm -hmm. an insurance adjuster, but this time don't put the carpet back in. Put a laminate floor back in. It's kid-proof. If you want something soft and nice to play on, put a couple of throw rugs down there. You can always roll them up. A good fun idea for a cushy surface for kids to play on in a basement especially, go to Floor Carpet Tiles, it's F-L-O-R, and they sell, you know, 20 by 20 inch carpet tiles. You can snap them together with some stickers I, on the backside. There's 
full high pile ones, uh, little soft ones, and they make a great play surface. Plus, if once you put it together as an area rug, one piece in the middle gets dirty, you just replace it. And with growing kids, you're going to get messes. So, you know, you might as well do something that you can renew without a big cost. I probably have mold down there. <laughs> Lisa, oh. thanks so much for calling us <laughs> at 888-MONEYPIT. Thank you. Well, we here at the Money Pit wield a lot of power in calling Edwina back in Florida. We got her out of the pool. All right, Edwin, are you freezing? Oh, no, I'm fine. I'm in sunny Florida, so. <laughs> you are <laughs> nice so lucky. Brag, brag, brag. How can we help you? Well, I'm, I, my question deals with mold. Okay. How, how does one detect whether or not there is a mold problem? Is there a kit, a um, product out there? Do you have to start tearing out the walls or what? Well, do you have any symptoms? What's giving you uh, some indication that you may have a mold problem? Because mold is very common in homes, but it's not always a problem. Especially in high humidity Florida. Yeah. Well, we did recently have um, a plumbing problem where we had um, water coming up from between the tiles in a bedroom, and it happens to be the same bedroom that my mother uses, and she has begun having respiratory problems. Okay. Oh, yeah. So this is good evidence. Now, if you have a, a, a single leak like this, and the leak is fixed, and the material, the, the wall board or the whatever part of the, the house framing it was that got wet, if that dried out, then it's not a mold problem because you need a, a, a solid, steady moisture source for the mold to really take hold. However, if it's remained damp, then it's possible. Um, this area where the leak came out, was this inside of a wall? You know where we detected the leak was actually from around the rim of the drain, where it had the, the drain grid was adhered to the bottom of the tub. Okay. The water was leaking in around and not going down into... Was it leaking, like, through the floor below or what? Yes, going down into the floor below and then, I guess, through the wall and into the adjoining bedroom. There's a ceiling there, obviously, below the t below where the, the tub is. Right. Well, listen, if you fix the problem and it's not leaking anymore, it's not an issue. If you think it, it may still be leaking, then you're going to have to open that ceiling up and uh, make the repair, for one thing. And then while it's open, you could treat all that surface with a bleach solution, and that would kill any mold that's in there. I wouldn't tell you to go on a witch hunt for mold unless you knew that you had a problem. But if your mom is having respiratory issues, and, you know, an, an interesting thing to note here is whether those issues continue when she's out of the house. Because if your home is sick, quote-unquote, if you have a sick house, um, your issues with respiratory uh, problems happen more so when you're home than when you're away. Mm -hmm. And you feel markedly better when you're outside of that house. Yes, exactly. Right. So those are a couple of things to think about. But if you've had a leak and you're having respiratory problems and you can put those two together, then maybe it's worth opening it up. Because for no if nothing else, you want to make sure you got that leak fixed. Well, say that I did strongly feel that I had some problem. Where do I begin to rectify Well, it? you're going to open up the, uh, the ceiling under where the tub drain is. First of all, you're going to confirm that the tub is not leaking. Most leaks have to be fixed from the bottom, not from the top. So to confirm that it's not leaking, I would open up the ceiling. I would run water full blast from that tub. If it doesn't leak, then I would put the stopper on the tub, and I would fill it up to the overflow. So now the water is going through the overflow. Make sure it's still not leaking. And if it's not leaking that, at, with that test, then it's not going to ever leak. Okay. That would be the thing to do. And then while you have it open, you could, of course, see if there's any decay uh, or apparent mold in there. And if that's the case, you could treat it with a bleach solution. And, and that's all you need to do. Okay, very good. That answers my question. Thank Terrific. you very much. Edwina, thanks so much for calming us at one eight 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 Money Pit, And we can let Edwina hop back into the pool. <laughs> <laughs> and we can continue to be oh so jealous. You know, when we have the callers that come from Florida, they always say, well, we're calling from sunny Florida. 
Um, but Edwina could have said, I'm calling from Moldy, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, you, you get, uh, you get the, the best of both worlds when you live down in there in that tropical environment. You've got to be on your guard for that mold. I've been down in Florida filming my new show all summer. And as you know, it's pretty hot and sticky down there. I don't know how enjoyable it is, but these <laughs> residents who live there, they are so lucky to go jumping in that pool because when you're doing home improvement out there, it can be a bear. And that certainly is a great relief. Call us for your home improvement relief. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. More great home improvement advice coming up, but first, it never fails. Your air conditioner conks out on the hottest day of the year. Well, up next, we're going to help you figure out why your air conditioner is not working and what you might be able to do without calling in a pro. So stick around. You live in a money pit. It's hot, it's sticky, and the last thing you need is for your air conditioning system to go on the fritz. So here are a few things to remember. First of all, always keep your thermostat at 78 degrees. Contrary to popular belief, you know, lowering that temperature down to 70, not going to help. It will just not help. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) You want to, though. I know you want to, but the air conditioning, the way it works is it delivers cooled air, but then it takes warm air back to be rechilled. So it has to happen over a cycle, repeating that process many, many times. So simply, like, dropping it down to 70 is not going to make the house get any colder any faster. Now, another thing that you can do to check if you don't think that it's working correctly is to take two measurements. Grab a thermometer and check the temperature at the supply where the air is blowing out and then again the temperature at the return where the air is going back into the system. You are looking for a temperature differential between 12 and 20 degrees. If it is less than 12, the system probably needs refrigerant. If it is more than 20, it's also not working right and it's going to freeze up on you. So if it's in that range, you know that it's working properly. All right, and you also want to check for power by moving the fan switch from auto to on. This way, if the blower runs, you know there's power. If nothing's happening, a control is burned out or the power has been disconnected. If your system uses a furnace for heat, you want to check that the emergency switch is on. And if you're familiar with the fuse or the circuit breaker panel, make sure you go down there and check for blown fuses or tripped breakers. That could be the big culprit right there. Lots more detail on how to keep cool this summer on our website at moneypit.com where you can read pretty much everything we've ever written about cooling your home. It's a cool site. Click on the repair and improve section and then simply search the words air conditioning on moneypit.com. Leslie, who's next? Jim in California has the very annoying sound of a water hammer. What can we help you with? Well, I listened to your show about a month ago and I just got in the tail end of a water hammer problem Okay. underneath the kitchen sink. And you were describing two types of devices that can be bought. You said one was about the size of an inhaler, and don't get that, that's a toy. That there was a bigger one about the size of a, of a baseball. Yeah, about actually, the size of a softball. It's called a water hammer arrester. Yeah. And it's like a little shock absorber that gets uh, installed by a pro into the line. And, and essentially what causes water hammer, for those that are not familiar with it, is as, as you run water through a faucet uh, in your home, that water essentially builds up a centrifugal force because water is very heavy. It weighs about eight pounds per gallon. And when you turn the faucet off, all of that centrifugal force wants to keep moving forward. And if the pipe is a little loose, it will bang. And that's what we call water hammer. One way to deal with that is to install water hammer arresters. That will soften it. The other thing, 
uh, that can be done if you have access to the pipes is simply to secure them. Many times I've found water hammer problems that could easily be solved just by putting additional brackets on piping across crawl space ceilings where pipes were hung or across floor joists in, in, uh, in the basement. If you have access to those pipes, you can tighten them up so they don't shift and shake as much. But if you can't get to it, you can always put in a water hammer or a rester, uh, Jim, and that will solve the problem. Okay, I've been to my local home centers and hardware stores, and they've heard of them, but they don't have them. Now, you need to go to a plumbing supply house. And, and Jim, it's not something you can install yourself. You'll probably need a plumber to do that. Okay. Well, well we really started noticing that we've lived in the house for quite a while and had no problem. And I recently installed a beautiful, high-tech dishwasher. Paid a fortune for it, but you can't even hear the thing run. That's beautiful. But I guess it has some pretty high-tech solenoids in there when it shuts off the water when it goes through its cycles and you know it's just a it's not like when you gently turn off a water tap now the good the good news is you have a quiet dishwasher the bad news is you have loud plumbing pipes now <laughs> so right. you can they're probably always loud but now you can hear them because the dishwasher's so quiet jim thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit okay thank you marcia in north dakota has some mold stains in the grouting around the tub let's help what's going on Hi, I'm wondering about um, some um, graying that's in, like, it's a fiberglass tub, and the, the um, it's kind of graying in the bottom of it. Um, I scrubbed and scrubbed with all kinds of different things, and it doesn't, it doesn't come out. It, it just looks real gray and worn, and it's about a 30-year-old tub. It sounds to me like, um, do you have any anti-stick um, material in the bottom of this tub? No. We've never done that. Because sometimes what happens is uh, the dirt gets sort of rubbed into that, and that may be why you, you see that. But if you don't think it's on there, then this could just be simply be wear and tear on the fiberglass if it's 30 years old. So there may not be anything that you can pull out of that. Okay. I have bought a kit that's called a restoration kit okay. for tub and tile. And okay. I'm just wondering if that is something that might be a good idea or not. It says that it's for uh, tub and tile and that it's uh, simple to do and, you know, how that is. Well, it, you know, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to try it. We would have to caution you, though, that, that these restoration kits tend to not last nearly as long, of course, as the original material. But, it, you know, it can be a, a, a restoration that will give you an extra, you know, several more years of, of use out of this with it looking halfway decent. But it's not going to last another 30 years just because you restore it. Oh, I understand that. Um, I was wondering also about the tile around the shower and other shower in the house. The grout is wearing away in places around okay. the, t- the surround part of the tub. Okay. The grout is wearing away um, around the tiles. When you say wearing away, is it actually eroding away? Is it wearing out, or is it just getting dirty? It appears to be both. Hmm. Again, it's a 30-year-old tile, okay, uh, tile well, area. If, if your grout is actually eroding, then you're going to have to strip it out and replace it. There's a tool called a grout saw that is specifically designed to get in between tiles and scrape away the surface of loose and deteriorated grout. Regrouting it is not such a terrible job if you get the old stuff out. Um, it's a matter of mixing up the new grout and troweling it on with a, with a rubber squeegee. And then by using a, a sponge and lots of water, you sort of rinse it down until only the good, only the thin line of grout between the tile is left. But if it's deteriorated, there's nothing that you can put on top of that that's going to solve this. Uh, and if it's discolored at the same time, I think the best thing for you to do is to try to use a grout saw and pull out the old grout and then simply regrout the tub. Okay. Marsha, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Thank you.
All right, lots of great home improvement calls coming in this hour. Up next, when you're packing for a semester of dorm room living, all right, I know a lot of parents out there are forced to pack up for their kids. You want to make sure that that college-bound kid of yours has a toolkit that's going to help them take on any fix with ease. Whether or not there's something broken in the dorm room, you might not want to know about, but at least they'll know how to fix it. Save you money in the long run. Stick around. On the Money Pit Radio Show. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Pick up the telephone. Fix up your home sweet home. For calling 888-MONEY-PIT. So AARP has a series of tips for homeowners who want to improve their homes, make them safer and more comfortable. And I found these tips on their website, aarp.org slash home design. In the bathroom alone, I widened the door, installed brighter light bulbs, and put non-slip surfacing on the floor tiles. Instead of wishing my house had improvements, I'm making them. To bring comfort, safety, and a future to any home, visit us online at aarp.org slash home design. Hello, I'm Rob Petterkevich, Executive Director of the American Society of Home Inspectors. Homeownership rates in the United States are at an all-time high. But did you know the average cost of a home is now more than $260,000? If you're in the process of buying or selling a home, then you know how overwhelming this experience can be. It's also one of the biggest financial investments you'll ever make. So it's important to have your home thoroughly inspected by a qualified professional before you make your final purchase decision. In addition to checking for structural problems, the inspection should cover all the important systems as well. And an inspection is not just for prospective buyers. It's a good idea to have your home inspected before you put it up for sale. Older homes should be inspected every 10 years. New homes, as well as townhouses and condominiums, should be carefully examined too. This can help protect your investment and prevent potential problems. For more information, please visit ashy.org. A public service message from the American Society of Home Inspectors. Table saw. 18-volt drill driver. 8-piece combo kit. You don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want. With RYOBI, you can actually afford them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. And they sound really good, too. RYOBI. Exclusively at the Home Depot. If you have trouble sleeping because of stuffy air, or if your floors and furniture feel sticky, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. During milder weather, when your air conditioner isn't running, humidity levels can rise unchecked. Whether it's mold and mildew or musty smells invading your home, an April Air Central Dehumidifier will help eliminate excess moisture and get you back on your way to a comfortable, healthy home and a good night's sleep. Call your heating and cooling contractor today or visit AprilAir.com. April Air, fresh ideas for indoor air. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories, with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI Power Tools, pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively at the Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. 
This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we make good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And hey, give us a call right now at one 888 Pit. Neat freaks are especially going to love our prize today. I know I'm in love with it. It's the Eureka Capture Plus Vacuum. And it's got a couple of really cool things in particular going on. It's got a telescoping dust wand that's statically charged. So basically, you sort of run it by the dust and it just leaps right onto it. It's actually making your cleaning chores much easier. And it also has a power paw attachment, and it's perfect to clean the tread and the rise on the stairs. Plus, it's fun to say. I love it when they give the attachments a wacky fun name. <laughs> like power paw? Yeah. Arr, that's the power paw. <laughs> it's worth 169 bucks. It could be yours for free. The number you got to call in, you got to ask a question on air. It's one eight 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 Money Pit. You should know that by now. 888-666-3974. Back to school shopping has definitely amped up uh, when college is the destination. And amid you know, all of the linens, dorm decor, and sturdy supplies, uh, as well as all that tuition the parents are kicking out, <laughs> uh, your children should have just a few uh, tools in their toolkit. So here's a couple of ideas of recommended items for the dorm room DIY. The first thing we would suggest is to put together a basic set of hand tools like hammers, pliers, screwdrivers, socket wrenches come in very handy when it comes to assembling stuff like yeah, uh, especially dorm room. box furnishings. Yes, and dorm room furnishings. Yep, uh, adjustable wrench goes a long way because it is adjustable. That's why they gave it that name. <laughs> Combo packs, love those. You know when you, it's hard to buy like just a single screw or nail or nut or bolt today. They all come in these combo packs, but this is a situation where buying a couple of different combo packs makes a lot of sense. So you've got some hardware for the basic repair jobs around the house as well as a utility knife and utility scissors so they don't use the the good scissors that you're giving them to save for those good art projects. Yeah, and a couple other things you want to think about are a tape measure, WD-40. You can do a million things with it from cleaning things to lubricating hinges, so it does come in handy. Electrical tape, duct tape. I've seen people put up bookshelves in college with duct tape. I don't recommend it. Yeah, I wouldn't it, recommend but that. But I've seen it done. <laughs> um, surge protector, obviously. you got a lot of electrical things going on in that room with your computer and lights and TV. So put it on a surge protector and protect everything. Extension cords in a couple of different lengths. Same thing. You got a lot of stuff to plug in. So be prepared. And a flashlight. Come on. You guys remember fire alarms at four o'clock in the morning having to go down those stairs in the pitch black. Now, if you want the complete list so you can uh, scamper about the house and figure out what you got, what you have to buy, and so on, uh, we have it. It's on our website at moneypit.com. Just click on my article called Putting Together a College Toolbox. It is on moneypit.com. Let's get back to the phones. one money pit Lawrence in Utah, welcome to the Money Pit. What can we help you with? I've got a 1930s house that uh, is an all-brick structure, but the foundation for the basement has some really porous pockets in it from air gaps that were in the foundation. They didn't have the, the devices to vibrate it down and get the air out of the concrete. And I'm wondering what my options are for stopping the water flowing through the walls of the basement. Well... I don't think the uh, air entrained in the walls is causing your water problem. I'm, I'm certain that you probably just have too much water collecting at the foundation perimeter, something which should be relatively easy to fix. Yeah, Lawrence, do you have gutters on your home? Uh, present, I do not, and we have considered putting a sidewalk around the perimeter of the house. 
Now that's overkill. What what you need to do is put a gutter system on the house so you collect the roof water and you can discharge it out away from the foundation. If you have no gutters, all of that roof water is lining at the is landing at the foundation perimeter. It's going to saturate that first four feet or so, which is what we call the backfill zone. That's the zone of soil that was excavated when your home was built. And it's not tamped. It's not compressed as well as the other areas outside of that. And so that's going to fill up with water. That's going to get against that concrete. Concrete's very hydroscopic. It's going to soak that water right in. And that's what's showing up on the walls. So the first thing here is to get a gutter system on the Mm -hmm. house. And then maintain it. You know, once it's up there, make sure that it's clean. And when you're putting up the gutter system, since you're starting from scratch, you want to make sure that you have an adequate amount of downspouts to cover the, um, what is the formula, Tom? How many downspouts per? It's uh, one downspout for every six to 800 square feet of roof surface. So make sure you put in enough downspouts and then look at where the downspout is going to terminate. You don't want it depositing the water directly next to the foundation. You want to make sure that it runs three, six feet, even more more away from your house itself. You can bury them and deposit them at the street. It depends on what's the best situation, but get that water away from the foundation wall and then look at your grading. You know, you don't have to put a sidewalk next to the house. You can just look at what your dirt is doing there and make sure it slopes away from the house. You want to go about six inches over four feet. Even that gradual slope will just move that water away. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, we were concerned that maybe the foundation was old enough that it needed replaced. No, 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 not at all. This is a lot simpler than you think. You just got to manage that water around the outside, and that wall's going to dry right up on you. So just some uh, surface grading on the lawn and get those gutters back get up. Get those gutters back up, absolutely. Okay, thank you for your help, guys. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. See, I love when people call with complicated problems that have simple solutions. All right, Leslie, cue the Jaws music. Dun, dun. It's black. Dun, dun. It's ugly. Dun, dun. And it could be creeping up behind the walls in your house. Now, it won't bite you. But we, <laughs> we, it will bite you in a different way. We're talking about mold. You know, it's a scary thought. Uh, Can you really make sure mold never becomes a serious issue in your home? We've got an email about that very topic. We'll cover it next. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we make good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are proud to say that we have the number one ranked home improvement podcast on iTunes. We can be the voices in your head wherever you are and whenever you're thinking about home improvement projects. That's right. Uh, You know, we have uh, close to 200,000 downloads a month now of the podcast. So we're glad that we're helping so many folks that are out there listening on their on their iPods and other MP3 devices. If you'd like to sign up, you can uh, jump onto our website at moneypit.com and do just that while you're there. Why don't you head on over to Ask Tom and Leslie and shoot us an email question. Let's get right to those now. All right, we've got one here from Neil in Atlanta, Georgia, who writes, I've been following your AOL columns and blog posts. All right, go Neil. Um, about mold, and you have me a little worried. You know, Tom, you freaked me out completely about mold also. So when we first met. A so little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. <laughs> exactly. So Neil writes, um, you've got me really worried about mold. Is there any way to really prevent mold so I never have to deal with it? 
Well, look, Neil, I mean, mold is part of the environment of your house, and it's been there for many, many years, and it will continue to be there for many, many years. Um, there are some molds that are harmful. There are some molds that are not harmful. One of the things that uh, all molds have in, in common is that they need three things to survive. They need air, they need water, and then they need a food source. Now, in just the house, like there's, a, there's a lot of there. Yeah, just like us. In the <laughs> house, there's a lot of places that you can get that. But if you pay attention to the water infiltration, that's probably the easiest way to reduce your risks of mold. So we're talking about not only improving the grading and the drainage and the gutters and all those things that, that control the moisture on the outside of your house, because that moisture, when it sits against the foundation perimeter, it raises humidity levels, and that's enough moisture for mold to feed on. But also, make sure you look at the windows and the doors. We get so many calls from homes that have had leaks through windows mm -hmm. and doors that get inside the wall and the mold forms in there and by the time you find out about it's it way it's way too late yeah exactly yeah i mean really you want to think about places where you see a lot of this again like the windows and the doors and when you're doing any work on windows and doors if you're installing new windows and doors talk to the installer and make sure that they're using proper waterproofing and flashing materials you want to make sure that they go with something that's more of you know a really cool flexible membrane and a good one is is Grace Vicor Plus, and it's a high-performance, self-adhering, flashing membrane. Stretchy and it stuff. Yeah, it really is super stretchy, and it doesn't get injured when you put a nail or a staple through it. It sort of reheals itself around those little holes, so you're not opening up spaces for moisture to get in and risking, you know, the risk of rot or mold development. Yeah, you know, if you... Um do have a leak. Many people tend to chase those leaks with the caulking guns. Usually a better idea, unless it's real easy to fix, is to pull the siding off around the window or door and reflash it and use a product like Vicor uh, Plus from Grace. Their website, by the way, is graceathome.com, and that will seal it in really, really well. And if you keep the moisture down from the foundation perimeter, you keep it from going through the windows and doors, you're really going to block out that mold. All right, we've got another email here from Gloria in Brightwood, Oregon. Gloria says, we had someone apply deck stain on her cedar shake roof. I don't know. Do you recommend deck stain on a roof? I really don't think so, especially because you have so much heat coming from the house itself. You want everything to sort of help escape through the roofing structure on its own without keeping things inside. And you don't want to put something on the roof that's, you know, it's exposed to so many elements and you're just going to be putting more stain on top of more stain. So I just say leave it alone. If you've got something up there now, just leave it be and replace the ones that are curling and twisting. Thanks for all those excellent emails. Remember, you can email us your home improvement question 24-7, 365 by jumping on to moneypit.com and clicking on Ask Tom and Leslie. While you're there, hit the button that says Tom on AOL and surf on over to my AOL blog, which has been pretty active these days with lots of home improvement tips, not only from me, but from the AOL audience at large. I love the blog. It's such it's a, a community. Yeah, it's a chance for you to share uh, a few tips that Leslie and I can steal, put on the air, and call our own. <laughs> I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Hey, hey, hey.